three, two, one. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Guys, we're back. Yeah, we are. And no delays at all. And on time. Yes. Uh, It is 12.30 p.m. Eastern time. It's 1.02 p.m. Eastern time. And don't you try and tell the listeners otherwise. (laughs) It doesn't matter if if we're late. They're listening this around the same time. They can, listeners can't. uh, Well, they might be upset that we didn't record last Wednesday. 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 Yeah, Yeah, that was weird. Nothing nothing to talk about. And even today, there's a bit more. But um, that was a bit of a streak we had, though, right? What, we're doing two Two episodes a week? Yeah. Especially two hockey ones since we had, yeah, since return to play happened and all that. Like, draft, yeah. Draft free agency, the, yeah, the draft and just the, the monster, the slug that was the NHL entry draft. Jesus Christ. That second was, day was wonderful. Yeah. I feel like the way things have been going and how they've dragged on, we're going to do like one episode dedicated to Mike Hoffman signing. Probably. Probably. Wherever he goes. When he signs with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Or Sammy Vatnin. I'm still waiting for that guy. Travis Hamnick, too. And Mikhail Grandlin. Well, yeah. a month. If everything goes to plan, we should be getting ready for training. If Mikhail Grandlin signs with the Canadians, I'll be two for two. I mean, he's not going to because they don't have to work that. But... He'll take 900000 on a player tryout. Greg no, Smith and Mikhail Grandlin are like two-thirds of a perfect line. Rediscovering that Nashville chemistry that we just never saw last year. Yeah, because obviously Granlin was in Minnesota, right? No, no, no. He was, no, no, he was, no, what am I talking about? He was about? traded to yeah, Minnesota. Uh, to Minnesota. Yeah, Craig. Mm-hmm. Did they actually play together? Like, were they ever? I don't think they Who? were. Wasn't Granlin normally in the top six? Like, top six and Craig Smith was in the fourth line. He fluctuated six? because, like everybody who was a forward on the Predators, everyone went from one to four on the lines. So you let Craig Smith and Mikael Granlin go, but you're interested in Mike Hoffman because okay, all right. Nashville always wants that though. Like they always to be have to a- find a way to to score. Remember, like the Kostitsins were like their top snipers, and Alex Radulov. I remember that. And then they got in trouble, and then they went to Russia, and then it was a the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. Yeah, I remember Radulov when he first came back to the NHL, and he was a Canadian. His first game in Nashville, he was getting booed out the building. I remember. This is just like before we move on, but I just remember one thing that happened with him where I think there was an odd man rush and his shift was done and he just he went back to the bench. He didn't, he didn't go after the guy. He didn't like back check at all. He just like went to the bench and the guy had to break away. Uh, oh, man. Uh, right, guys. We'll get into it here. We'll start with a bit of outside hockey news, actually. The Miami Marlins hire yeah. Kim Ng. I hope I say it right. Uh, she is the first female GM in MLB history. That is such a milestone. And, and to just bring it back to hockey, it's kind of embarrassing that we see a GM in, 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 in baseball who is a female. 
And in hockey, we are barely getting a, like scouts who are females. I believe Seattle are the only team that have staff who are females. We're barely getting new GMs, let alone yeah. different things. And musical chairs. And yeah. Seattle don't have a team technically yet. They they are yeah, a few staff members and a they survive. They um, yes, they exist on Twitter technically right now. Yeah, I'm they still- have to. They have. They still have to pay. I think two hundred and fifty dollars, two hundred and fifty million dollars. Well, say two hundred and fifty million. I'll give you double that to give the Nordiques back right now. Right now, I'll, I'll do it. How um, much, they paid seven fifty for the team Seattle. Mm-hmm. So Seven-50. double that. Yeah. Help me with the math here. Fifth. Uh, uh, $1.5 billion. Is it worth it? I'll take the Coyotes. They're worth a small yes. fraction of that. Uh, though, but, but seriously, I mean, uh, it feels like all of the sort of big four of the sports leagues are all just beefy male sweat cakes. So it's nice to really have that sort of inclusion that has really been needed in sports because it's always felt like it's the boys' locker room. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crappy. It's been like that. I'll start with you, Daniel. Uh, yeah, Daniel, because you are the resident baseball guy on the show. You were gonna say Alex, weren't you? Yeah, I yeah. could tell. I meant to, no, I meant to say Daniel, but after <laughs> you're saying Daniel, like I'm not actually saying Daniel. Oh, Mike, what are your thoughts? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's a. You know, I think it was a long time coming, not just because she's a female, but because of her expertise as well. She's yeah. been in the game for 30 years. She has three World Series championships as an assistant GM already. She's already been in the conversations for other general manager positions. She's been one of the candidates for the Yankees with the Dodgers. And to her, for her to finally get this position, is you know, it's pretty astounding. Um, yeah, like what we talked about before with baseball, it's just the demographics of what they've shown with the players, with the management, with the scouting, the way the things are, it's just, it's, you know, it's a whole different beast when you think about it, that these things are been like, they've created a bit of a fertile ground for this to happen. And for her to finally find this position, which I find that, you know, it was well overdue that she was one of the most overqualified people for this position. It's, it's great to see. I was really excited to see about this, to read about this on Friday. Um, a lot of the comments were, and it's, it's just pretty funny. I remember talking with uh, other people about this in my class about there were a lot of comments saying, oh, are you just doing this because it's like a diversity hire is because you just want to say I have a female here. Mm-hmm. And one other argument is like, man, you see players who retired like a year ago. Like I'll give Garth Snow, for example, a guy that retired. And then like the next year, he's a general manager. Yeah. Or Joe Newendike, where he retires, and then I know like he was a scout here and there, but like he becomes a general manager as well. I remember when he went to Dallas. So it doesn't hey, really Joe compare. Joe Newendike that way. was a general manager in the NHL. Yeah, he. I um, didn't even know that he was the one that signed uh, Ray Whitney and Yamir Yager to the Stars. Oh, well. and he traded Derek Roy to Vancouver. I just remember those no, as prominent moves. Oh, interesting. Learn something new every day. I mean, foreign players. You may know the game, but I mean. There's many facets being a GM. Or, you know, I love Martin Broder. I think I've said that how many times? But, um, let me just check. Too many. But see this way. He retired like two or three years before he became an assistant GM to the St. Louis Blues, and then he got a ring with them. And he also is- He like, did? <laughs> yeah. I thought he didn't get- I thought- I thought he was with New Jersey by then. 
Was he? Um, let me see. I, 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 think remember. Might, I think it might have been his first year with New Jersey. Was it? I mean, it That's mistake. why they were in 31st uh, place by December. Okay. Clearly, yeah. Martin Broder. He, he held up the job for joining Bennington, or at least that's what Binner says. Um, mm. Alex, what about you, you, your side? Before we go yeah. too deep into the Broder stuff here. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, well, pretty much everything that Daniel said was kind of perfect. And it's like, I'm not. I was going to bring up those comments, but I'm not going to give them the light of day. So, but I think it's really good that, uh, that, that you're right. Like, I think Daniel makes a good point. It seems like she was extremely, she's really overqualified for this job. So it's really good that she finally uh, got it. And I just hope that, you know, we can see some, um, some, improvements in hockey now obviously uh with seattle's made their own and alex mandricki and uh cami granado i think both of them are in scouting but still same thing yeah i believe it was mandricki who was with minnesota but like uh, yeah. paul Biden just kind of threw this side it's like yeah i need you i think she also has some analytical backgrounds there yeah uh, but still staff members nonetheless who are very qualified and we're just abused by their former shouldn't say abused we're very much not valued by their former establishment establishments oh well that was just minnesota they, yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> under, under paul fenton again oh, go read michael yeah. russo's article you'll understand why he, um. he joked about winnipeg's defense taking but a single step forward minnesota took a single step to the side yet again <laughs> yes, before um, we move on yes you were right alex about the uh broder uh fact he did yeah he was that was his first year with new jersey when they won the cup the blues but right. again it's a guy who became a general manager like an assistant general manager on the blues after he right after he retired right now also team canada which is yeah funny. he's in a management position right now for is he team so team canada it's so team canada too even though i don't think you need that much qualifications to run an international it's Who like, are the best guys i want them. do you ever think like you you're always going to need like a hall of fame type of guy to no. lead lead like the like i'm finally like you know steve eiserman wayne gretzky and then like you're going to probably put another guy when the NHL returns to the Olympics. Like, do you, do you always need like those marquee guys? to? You have a coach. I think, I think the most important when it comes to internet, this is my opinion and I'm using soccer as a comparison. I think you need a guy who can contain their egos. Cause again, like Adam said, you're putting the best players for that country all in the same room and they're going to have huge egos. And I think that's what, in my opinion, was uh, Real Madrid had Zinedine Zidane, who himself has an extremely big ego. The guy said something about his sick mom, didn't he? I, I, yeah, in the World Cup final, yeah. Someone in France made a song about it. Okay, sorry, go on. But yeah. he himself, he like, do I think he's the best coach in the world? No. Do I think he's a little overhyped? Yes, but he can control the rooms. He can control a room full of egos. And when you have Ronaldo, when you have all these other big superstars that Real Madrid had, you need someone to control that those egos or else they go unchecked and it's a mess. And that's why you need a good coach internationally. I was going to make a joke 
about what Team Canada values the most when you brought up like Real Madrid, Alex. What? And then you're like, I'm like, it's not about the ego. It's about the chemistry between the lines. That's why you see. No, it's about Chris Kunitz on three righty, on, three lefty. Damn it. Yeah. Well, you say what you want about Babcock, but his style, same with Barry Trotz. If you're a guy who can just fit players into the right system, because all these guys are, you bring in, like, let's just think of like the World Cup of hockey team from a few years ago. I mean, who was the worst player on there? Duchesne, who was like first line center in Ottawa, first line center in Nashville, if like worse, second. Like, these are some of the best players in the world. You need to, not just their egos, you have to make them fit into a certain role. It's almost like, those, those junior players who they don't adapt their game to the NHL and they never quite make it. But John those Day. who do, like Sam Bennett, become an even more... <laughs> Nail Yakupov. This is, this is true. Um, <coughs> Sorry. Mm. Yeah, Nail Yakupov. But, you know, it's, it's like that. If you want to have that international success, you have to buy into the system. And I don't think you need a player for that. I mean, or like a Hall of Famer, because Mike Babcock never... Like, I think he played university hockey. Yeah. But he is just like, like, he is a, as a person, you can debate all you want, but as a coach, same with Barry Trotz, you could say. I believe you had him as your coach, didn't you, Daniel, on your Olympic roster? Mm-hmm. Or Joe Quinville, the same thing. You, I think you just need a firm, well structured system and a strong headed coach. I don't think you need to have a player. It's the same, you just need a good mind. You don't necessarily need someone who played a bunch of hockey and threw a bunch of hit and punched a bunch of faces to be a general manager. Like, no, but you need a guy who punched a bunch of faces to run a department of player safety. Okay, that's the line. Also a problem. Sorry. You no, know, if you simply just follow the rule book, if hits the head. No, can- no, you need someone who punched people in the head. See, I was watching because Mike and I were talking about we were watching some NC some uh, NCAA hockey. Right, it was Notre Dame and um, Wisconsin. Wisconsin Badgers. Go Badgers. And, um, you know, Coe Caulfield, legend. yeah, Coe Caulfield, got oh, tried, right? And it was a hit to the head. You can, somebody could, in the NHL, you'd hear something about like Caulfield's a small player, right? But it was an instant hit to the head. And guess what? But wasn't that it after hurt. the shot? I, I saw the but replay. It was, also, it was, yeah, it was a bad, it was a bad hit. Oh, okay. Um, I know Mike was probably saying that was a good hit, but I don't think it was. Mm. Um, but regardless, okay. like it was a, it was contact to the head. And guess what? Notre Dame got five minutes. Luckily, Wisconsin won the game, but they kept taking penalties too after that. But um, but like, you, you got to get it right there. Yeah, like with player safety, it's like you just you need someone who can simply with player safety. It's read the rule book and transition it into the game. It's, apparently, it's, that's very difficult. Apparently, apparently. Um, but wow, I mean, we've been going before we go even more in hockey here. Let's just give a shout out to Lewis Hamilton, the British man. Yeah, who has tied another Michael Schumacher record, probably the most important one, a seven-time world champion after capturing victory at the Turkish Grand Prix earlier today. Uh, started, excuse me. Wait, what city was it in? It was in Daniel. Istanbul. Daniel. <laughs> Not Constantinople. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I think he started like peace gifts, an incredible, like, it was over like I think it was like forty something laps on his inter tires. It was incredible. Um, and shout out to Sebastian Vettel also getting on the podium. Charles Leclerc threw away a podium on the last few corners. God damn it, Charles! But without T- Mattia Bonotto there, Ferrari have one of their best races of the season. What about our boy Lance Stroll? Um, oh, see, here's what sucks about Lance. He was on pole. 
he was great in qualifying yesterday. And for most of, you know, most of the race, he was very level-headed. He was cool. He was calm. And then he went in for his second pit stop to his second center inners, and he just lost it. Like, his tires were graining. Um, he, he very – I think his youth really got exposed. I felt really bad for him. And I think he finished P9, which was um, – it, it was bad. Yeah, it, was, it was very unfortunate. Daniel, Perez, yeah. I think Daniel will like this very much. This was the, I believe this might've been the closest race that Albon was to Verstappen within two seconds. I think the only reason they were so close, by the way, was because each of them spun about five times each. It was still recovered. See, (laughs) you know, these guys never give up. (laughs) Brings home a cool P2 was second place that entire race. Cool, mm. calm, consistent with Sergio Perez. And that Red Bull seat, my God, please give it to him. Or Hulkenberg. Yeah, someone. Oh. Perez. Bro. I don't know. I wouldn't take out Max for a step in. <laughs> get, out of, get, get out of here. <laughs> poor Albon. Poor, poor Albon. He'll uh, find his way. I hope. I hope for he him. has the power of the Honda engine with him. Well, for much longer, they don't. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Like his his daily driver, according to Drive to Survive, is a Honda Civic Type R. Probably. I love the guy. He like yeah, like he just like yes. You want me to be a fan of him? (laughs) On and off, like the circuit, like man. We don't hate Alex Albon. It's just. It's gonna be frustrating if he gets the seat again because Gasly just didn't get a second shot. And then, like this year, it just Christian Horner's downplayed Pierre Gasly in every corner, like yeah, he every no corner choice. is Christian Horner, and it's like, man, let Helmet Marco be a dick in the media, like he always is. Come on, Christian. I mean, you're, you're married to a Spice Girl. What is wrong? Why are you in such a bad mood? You have donkeys. Well, he is. I didn't know that. He's married to um, what's her name? Oh, I forget. Jerry. Jerry. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Help me. I'm just gonna search it up because I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, she's a she's just she's just. A, oh. Oh. Gives you, cut a, you cut out for a second. Just oh, did I? You know. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not important. Uh, Jerry Spice. Okay. Jerry Spice, as they call her. She has some other nicknames, but I'm not gonna. Some of them are pretty mean. Uh, though I mean, there's a few things we can sit here and talk about. Well, I guess we can do that deep dive on the stars a little later. They signed Rupe Hints finally. Rupe. Uh, First off, let's just kind of shoot here on the fact that those damn retro reverse jerseys. And I want to start off with this. Maybe each of you have a jersey you want to mention. It's been teased. We haven't seen all of them. But I want to know who has the nerve to put a fleur-de-lis on a burgundy jersey. Because that that original Nordiques jersey is one of the best jerseys of all time. And if you have the nerve to make it burgundy, how dare it better be the best damn jersey I've ever seen? Did they not have it be- before? It's never been burgundy. Yeah, because like I don't see the Winnipeg Jets with a Thrasher. You don't on see them. Arizona with Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. No, what but did Colorado doing? not have a jersey with that? Because my understanding is all these retro review jerseys are supposed to be based off of previous jerseys mm-hmm. that the team has had. They have never in the Colorado Avalanche instance. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Daniel. You're a little older than us. But I don't think they've ever had any 
BS Nordiques inspired stuff in the bird. I, I don't yell. No, they haven't. I just remember the foot. Yeah, they've had the yeah, but the foot is like a yeti. Yeah, which I actually found funny because when Adam Foot left for Columbus, I'm like, that just doesn't work for me anymore. To be a Hall of Famer, um, but but you guys, Alex, has there maybe been a sort of a tease of a jersey that you want to mention here? Because it's just, I do, I I I'd like to see. I want to see what Carolina does because I know it looks like they're going down the Hartford route. Again, I wouldn't mind. Again, I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing those jerseys. I will not say the Leafs. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, we yeah. can talk about them in, in a second. I mean, and Anaheim, I'm guessing. Daniel, you're not allowed. Now, we're, we can't say our own team. So, Daniel, besides the, the like, retro best I, I actually want – okay, like, I won't say – what I want to see. I will, I will not deny nor confirm I will buy that jersey on the first day. But I just have to talk about one thing about it. It's apparently rumored that it's going to be Wild Wing smashing through the ice and – I've been waiting for that for so long because that original jersey that they only really used for one season is going for like two or three thousand dollars oh on my eBay. God, can we, can we just talk about how this is basically a cash grab and it's just oh yeah, it is, and it's baiting me. It it got me, you know, it got me. I'm like, you know, I should I I already knew it. I'm like, you know, I should really save money. You know, we we never really know with this thing, and then these things come out, and you know, you 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 reeled me right back in. I need to buy a jersey now that I know I don't need. Good point, man. Um, I don't really. I'm not excited. Montreal's just seem because you can't like you can't really redo Montreal's logo because it's been the same logo for a hundred plus years. Yeah, ten plus years, and it looks like they're just going instead of the red as the primary color, we're just flipping the blue. Maybe they go like the weird like CAC one, but I don't know. What about like I haven't even have I haven't even looked at the Leafs one. I'm assuming they got released today, right? No, nothing's been like released. These are I mean, this the is teasers. the these are the worst teases I've seen in my life. I think I said in I um Mike asked how long it'd be until they get released. I'm like I go in at least another week. I mean it just released. <laughs> Just it's supposed to be ninth or nineteen seventy jersey, I think. Um, I mean, I I think they're. Let me just see. The teaser now, and it's like okay, well, most of it, it looks the like a looks normal Daryl Sittler type jersey. Back, like you can see the shoulder. It's got like the the white sort of shoulder with the blue maple leaf on it. Okay. Yeah, and it's like that. I, I hope it's. I really hope they don't use that garbage. Leafs logo where it's like the tight at the the uh you know what I mean the one before 20 uh 2016 the very sort of oh the, oh the very like cookie cutter type one yeah yeah, yeah. I don't like that yeah yeah that's very you know, weird. why I say though like the Montreal one I'm looking back at some of the old ones that I really did like and I actually like the heritage classic one which one is the heritage classic that one was um it was the one where like the C was white. Which year are you talking about? Um, I just see the picture of it, but it's probably a few years ago because Patrick still the captain. Subban is still there. Wait, 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 wait. Is it, mostly, is it mostly white and like behind the white C is all blue? Yes. Okay, that's the 2015 win. That's my favorite Canadian. Yeah, I like that one. If they had something similar like that, I'm like so sec it is such a nice jersey 
Except it's white, so I would never get one because it's Alex it's, and I would get Ryan Paling on that. Yeah. Why I mean, would I get Ryan Paling? Yeah. It's better than the than the hundred the NHL hundred one Montreal had where it's just the CH and like the big white background. That and they got destroyed that game and drew another terrible turnover the last few minutes. Was he playing center? Probably. It might have been. <laughs> I think he was. Was against that was Stanford. five years ago. My that God. Was, that was the same weekend when Melnick was going on. But that's what started the whole Melnick thing of like, yes. oh, I throw the team. Yeah. Remember that. Yeah, because no one was showing up to games. Yeah. Yep. And then the entire Ottawa fan base blew up. And they're like, okay, well, you know, show up to games and maybe he won't sell it to move the team. Funny <laughs> idea. No. But Let's hear when it. we are able to travel and, you know, see each other within a six feet distance, not wearing a mask. We actually eat in front of each other. Mm-hmm. We should go to a, we should do a two on one podcast vlog of us going to a sense game. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it's not. like, look like all the space around. Do you pr- or- Did you just pick the sense? Cause we can get lower bowl tickets for yes. like <laughs> extremely dirt cheap. Yeah. It's not that far from Toronto. I mean, Alex and I could just, you know, swing past Montreal, get Adam and then we'll go to the game. We'll drive to Ottawa. You know that Ottawa is before. Yeah, I know. Montreal, right? Well, we have so to get have Adam to do, first. We'd yeah. have to do a YouTube. Uh, boomerang. Yeah, yeah we'll we do a boomerang. boomerang. That's yeah, a, like no, that. a C. Uh, that, yeah. uh, <laughs> look at that. Right. Um, we were hoping for more exact details when it comes to NHL return to play for the 2021, 2020, 2020, 2021 season. Sorry. God dang it. More I saw, yeah. I saw well, it, Will, yeah. Will Baldwin's tweet about the. Uh, the horse, the flames horse. That's such a classic throwback to me. We're just gonna okay. Well, I guess we can rewind. Oh, sorry. I just I just thought of like the yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if Calgary went back to their horse saying he's gonna go back to being a flames fan, and then Riley gave him crap for it, which is really funny. <laughs> um, you say it's like this is such a twenty twenty sports. <laughs> <laughs> See the jer- the jersey the retro jersey hype is baiting everybody. Oh, of course. Whether or not you cover basketball exclusively or not. <laughs> Taking a shot at the um, at Miss Your uh, Eye opener? No, no, it's a just like, bit, I know, like, bit. Will is like an expert with basketball. It's just kind of, it, I don't know, it's very, uh, maybe it's just for me, like, you know, the, for me, the nostalgia strings are there where when you see one guy look back on his childhood and say like man like i have to get this jersey now even though like he doesn't always watch hockey like it's you know it's a great thing like i've had people message me about the mighty ducks jersey and like these guys people some of them are not even hockey fans yeah. they just remember like the mighty the ducks tweet like they tweeted just the patch of the mighty ducks with the teal behind it and then everyone went nuts yeah right so like, I haven't seen Vancouver's, but I don't think they're doing the black jersey again for this this theme. Which that is, grew on me. Which is a crime. Yeah, I really like it. Which like no offense to the blue and sort of green, but I mean no offense, but it's just not as good as the other jerseys. Or the orca. Or the I I have a I had a, a mini stick growing up, but it was a goalie mini stick, and it was a Lalongo one with the orca on it. And I just loved, I love orcas. Random story about the orca. So, you remember Zellers? Pop in Marineland. Yeah. Remember I'm, Zellers? I'm, yes, yeah. yes. Yes. It was great. <laughs> so, I remember throughout my whole childhood, up until like I went to high school, uh, before they closed the Zellers near my house, that was the one at Center Point, Alex. Yeah. Young and Steels. Yep. Um, there was a Mark Messier 
toy on the Canucks from like the 90s that just never sold. It was always there. But I'm like, in my head, I always thought of Mark Messier on the Rangers or the Oilers. I'm like, wait, this guy was on Vancouver. I can do you one better, Daniel. There, if you go to a sport, there's a sport check, the one at Hillcrest Mall. This is years ago, a few years ago. Full price, Dion Phaneuf Leafs jersey. This is after <laughs> he was traded with the C. Full price. It's the added money for the C that kept it, that kept the value up. I mean, <laughs> I think hockey players value the C's a lot more than we do, to be honest. Um, but you know, I love it. When they, we, when should, they were- we should do a deep dive of like just buying these things and like finding them. All right. Can we claim that as a tax thing? Yes, we will. Uh, okay. Cool. But that is an expense as well for the mics and that. Uh, right, though. If that's okay, if it's okay with you, Daniel, I'd, I'd like to. Yeah, sorry. Just, you know, the, 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 when you talk, when you say, when you say, you know, buzzwords for you, retro, throwback, it just gets me going. Where we it just get like, I need to talk about these things. Yeah. Retro reverse. So retro they, reverse. Nostalgia. Like Mighty Ducks, you know. I like how they stole me. our title. And they just changed one word. It's kind of... Oh, I'm what? just saying. I'm just saying. We had retro review first. I know. I'm just saying. You also got to love... Um, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. Oh, yeah. We're moving on. Okay. You just love to see it. You love to see Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, we're going to go look oh at a Scott Burnside little uh, article here from The Athletic. I'm going to read you a few snippets here. We're going to go through... Um, when it comes to return to play, nothing is set in stone, but we're we're inching closer and closer and closer to some details here. And I'll just we'll go. I'll just read you little snippets, and we can talk about the most important stuff. I'm I, I'm not going to read the financial things of owners paying kickbacks because I don't think that's very interesting to talk about right now. Though it is very important, um, but it is very boring to listen to. Uh, this is in the math class, so I'm not going to put people through that. Right, so the big question that's really been around is how many games are going to be played? So I'll just read two little snippets of the article here um, from Scott Burnside. Quote, one longtime league executive said he thought the NHL would go for a 48 game, uh, sorry, would go for 48 games. But other sources have said the number is too low in order to fulfill responsibilities with broadcast partners, both national and local plus sponsors, I dropped a pen. Multiple sources on Thursday's call felt that the number would have to be between 60 and 70. Now, a big reason, and this is me, I'm stopping with the article here, that we can't really look for an 82-game series is, A, the schedule is already compressed enough, and B, the Olympics. They yeah. need to, the NHL need to be done by July. Like That is non-negotiable. Here. Well, they don't need to be. NBC would highly prefer it, and I think if the NHL is smart, they kiss NBC's ass so they get a nice new TV deal that kicks so out brings in the money. They have to. Like, let's be yeah. honest. Like, they, yeah, I don't. They have yeah. to bend over backwards for NBC. So we're going to see a lot of back-to-back playoff games again. Which is we're going to see a lot of back-to-back regular season games. We're going to see teams with four goalies. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they if they're allowed to carry four goalies. Oh yeah. Um. So. I guess if we're looking between 60 and 70 games, I'm trying to remember, where did we even project? Well, uh, I, I said, said 65. Four, I said 48, but yeah, yeah. I guess. 
I, I, I go ahead, Adam. Sorry, you didn't no, say no, that, that's fair. You were were you going for the more? You made sense though, because I think you compared it to the lockout because that was half a season and it was around there. So I think we we all had pretty a pretty we, good we had different answers. Yeah, but you know we were. I think we all had pretty good points. Though. Yeah. So just I guess to add on to uh, what you were saying there, another I, I believe another reason they want to have the owners specifically want to have another a longer season compared to a shorter one is because the players are supposed to get 72% of their money like paid. So the, the more they play, the more potential money that the owners can gain through whatever revenue sponsorships. Um, if we have fans in stands, whatever that may be. So that's why they want a longer one as well. Compared to 48, you're playing just over half the games, but they're getting paid 75% of their contract. So that's another reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, Daniel, anything you want to, you know, sort of sprinkle on here on this little cake? Um, To be honest. Yeah. I think it's what we've mentioned before on the show about whether or not the length, like how the length of the season is going to, Go. I think I said 65 or 54, just, you know, these random numbers I thought of because I remember, yeah, the 2013 lockout, it was 48 games. Um, and it, it seemed like it was okay. Like, uh, I know that there was that joke that people said, oh, the Leafs could only make the play. I mean, they made the playoffs already a few times already. Somehow. But I remember during that stretch, people said, oh, they only could make it in a shortened season <laughs> yeah. because there's no end of the season, like, collapse. But That is true. Yeah, um, as long as they get over the 41, I'm okay. Uh, I'm still thinking of 65 more so because I think that's what the team kind of the league kind of wants is they still want to have some semblance of a full season. But what we said before, I think that the rules need to kind of change what we said to the expanded rosters. Yeah, you know, that no, yeah, sorry, so, no, no, go ahead, finish. Yeah, it's like the expanded rosters and more or less like i don't know like we still have to figure out the ahl stuff too that that's kind of something that i've been thinking about that i want to know more details about moving forward uh, they have, I, th- I thought they're starting february 1st they are it's just i don't know how like the you know because like you know how some teams have their minor league system in like the u.s oh yes yeah, yes, yes. Kinda, like what's gonna happen with like for example, the hypothetical expanded rosters. Like, do you keep the guys in? The, like, you keep like twelve guys in the press box. Like, what do you do? Right, right. Because you can't send I them guess. back. To the, you can't send them across the border. Yeah. Um. Do you know what's not being talked about? And I'm very surprised isn't being talked about the what? 2022 Olympics. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna play point. like you're gonna play 65 game season from January, just hypothetically, right? From January to july plus playoffs you're yeah. gonna have july august september off assuming we're starting back again in october and then you're gonna go to the olympics in january yeah but that's not a lot of players going that's not a lot of right league. but the that's star like- pl- i understand but the star players are going and that is a lot of hockey for them to play over that period of time, especially if they're playing, if they want, if the league wants to play, was the number 72 or whatever? Uh, between like 60 and 70. Right. So they're going to play that. So they're going to play 70 game season in, and, and playoffs in already a condensed schedule. You have to be done before July 15th. That includes the draft. 
that and probably the expansion draft. And if I'm smart, if they're smart, the just the very first day of free agency. Well, I, and that's on the players because they're the ones who want Right, to absolutely. But that's what I'm saying. It's not being like from a player's perspective. It just it doesn't seem to be the sor- the quote-unquote sources that these guys have from the player's perspective aren't bringing up the Olympics. And, and I know it's a small number of players, but they're also the most influential players in, in that room. Plus the it's training camp. Two years away. It's like when I asked Elliot Friedman when we went to 31, it's like, why aren't we talking about Seattle? He's like, well, it's not far away. You, you, I think it's like if you well, it's see. It's a year. It's, uh, it's just a year away. It's not even two years away anymore. We're in November of 20, 2020. It's at the beginning of 2022. If you have a mountain of laundry in front of you, you don't worry about the top of the mountain. You do what's at your feet first. I think. You okay, have, but okay. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. It is just, I, I think you, you rather worry about the issues you have now. Because, I mean, we don't even know when we're going to have fans in the arena. I don't think you can quite – you need to get worry about the season you're trying to start in a few months rather than a season down. Like, it is important, but, I mean, like, for 2021, I think instead of worrying about the players' fatigue and that, you also have to worry about, like, Seattle and that. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot they have to get through. And I think you just – maybe what they're thinking is, you know what, I just got to take this one step at a time, you know? It, it's a very fair point to make, though, Alex. Like – Careers are going to be shortened for the amount of, you know, I almost said condensation. That's the completely wrong word. From the compression that we're going to have over the next few years. Yeah. It's going to be brutal. Um, sorry, I kind of, just because we still have a, a few more to get to for return to play here. Um, the Canadian division. Um, Go Canada. Now, what's interesting about a lot of this is, if you look at the NBA, the Raptors are going to look, it looks like they have to find someone to, to play. Uh, the Jays play most of their stuff in Buffalo, obviously. Um, so you can kind of understand these are points that Scott Burnside sort of makes. Um, of course, I'm not reading everything because we want you to go check out the athletic writers need to be paid. It's fantastic content. Um, so it kind of gives more credence. And of course, the obvious of traveling in the midst of the pandemic. So it, and for all these sort of reasons, it's again nothing confirmed, but it's it's very fair to say this is why the NHL will go with the sort of old Canadian division. And I'll read one snippet from this section to cut down on travel, regardless of which side of the border teams are playing on. Uh, look for teams to play multiple games in cities like baseball. So, for instance, Montreal might fly to Vancouver and play two or three games. Go to Calgary and Edmonton to do the same for returning home. Now, what I really like about this, guys is I think this can do wonders, wonders for rivalries again. Like these mini sort of series and it's, oh, I just, I really like that. I really like that. I, it makes perfect like like health and safety sense to just yeah. sort of go in and get many games in, but let's go. Lads. I, yeah. And I think, I mean, I don't think this is the reason they're doing it, but I think we can all admit, I don't necessarily think, uh, hockey is as popular in this country as it was 20 years ago. I've had that conversation. A lot of, a lot of profs and uh, writers, um, sports writers. Yeah. I, I could feel that too. Right. So I think this is a great way to grow. And I think I brought this up on, on here before 
it's a great way to grow the game, grow your audience in this country. Because at the end of the day, with the exception of the good, some of the good teams in the U.S., the Tampa Bay's, uh, the bigger teams, the Rangers, the Red Wings, the original six teams that are coming up from the U.S. When a team comes to Toronto, when a Canadian team comes to Toronto, I, I, in, in my opinion, more people care about that when than when Arizona comes or when Dallas comes or when the Panthers come or when whoever the hell comes. Yeah, it's it's like when news miraculously breaks Saturday night. Well, it's because everyone's tuning into Hockey Line Canada. It's it's uh, it's it's the mecca sort of thing there. Uh, Daniel, you're a baseball guy. What what do you kind of see? that a baseball sort of mini season series can really do. Like, do you really get that hatred, even if it's the regular season in the series? Like, make sure I'm not sort of overshooting here. No, um, I think it makes perfect sense, especially based on how the restrictions are going to be. I think it's going to be fun. Um, when you, what I kind of feel like when it comes to a baseball series, like you really get to know the other team. You get to know the opponent or it's just like not, you know, like for example, one guy has a one-off game. For example, like Frederick Anderson, you know, he has an okay game. But then like Jack Campbell comes in and then it's like, okay, it's a whole different thing. But it doesn't necessarily like cause anything where you say, okay, now we can't rely on one person or the other. And if we actually see the expanded rosters, we're going to see more of these like, quote-unquote utility guys get a chance to play. That we're going to see more, you know, more of a dynamic in how the lineups are built now. And I think it's going to be more exciting, like with the baseball, especially in the national league, when you have to think about your pitcher batting instead of a designated hitter, which is coming back in 2021, which I'm kind of excited about because I prefer that. Um, But, you know, it's just a whole different strategy you have to think about now where, okay, I give this guy how much time to play. What am I going to do now? How am I going to fill in these little spots? So I think that, it's going to just be more of a creative aspect to it. And when I think about what you said, the rivalries with things, I, I like it. Um, I remember, <laughs> I think it was like a joke, but I remember we, when I went back to the older NHL games and you heard, you hear what the announcers talk about. A big thing about it in the early two thousands was the battle of English versus French Canada, which I want to see again with the Leafs and the Habs. And another thing too is if I go back to like the mid 2000s and it's like the Battle of Ontario and how the announcers change their tone with things. Like I want to see more competition again with Ottawa and Toronto. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think we all we all all want that. You know what? There unfortunately for a lot of Western teams, like we only get to see the Canadians and the Leafs play a team like the Sharks once at home per year. Right? It, it sucks. Like, I want to watch McDavid and the Canadians more often. And that's what we're going to get, which is, I think it's going to do wonders also because a lot of people know who Sidney Crosby is. Not a lot of people know who Connor McDavid is. Not a lot of people know who Elias Patterson is. And this can really, really help. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be so fun if we get the season, which God, I'm hoping we do, guys. Um, of course, there's stuff I'm going to leave out because, again, read the article. They talk about the possibility of bubbles playoff formats, um, all that sort of stuff. Check out Scott Burnside's interview. Oh, sorry. I wrote that in the notes too. It's a damn article, Adam. Right. I suddenly just thought of, yeah, like we don't, we're going to see more Elias Patterson against Connor McDavid. You know, that's just one example. Oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Oh, it's going to be so unfortunately, cool. we're not going to see Matthew Tuchuk versus Drew Doughty too much. 
No, but Chucks. we're gonna have Kachuk. We're gonna have Kachuk and um, Cassian. Cassian. Yeah. The Oilers and the Flames are gonna. They're not gonna make it in. Like if they make it into the playoffs, they're not gonna go far because they are going to kill each other over the season. It is going to be amazing. Oh, it's gonna be. Oh, it's, oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Who is excited? Uh, we got two little articles I want to look at also from the Athletic. We're gonna look at the agent survey. And front office rankings. Which uh, do you guys want to check out first? Um, front office. Front office? You good sure. with that, Ben? We're all good? All right. So this is Stomacision's uh, annual article when he gets fans and the public to come rank and vote on the confidence of NHL teams, their franchises, their management. Uh, he looks at the ability of roster management uh, cap management, draft development, trading, free agency, vision. Uh, there is public opinion and the fan base's opinion. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but this is an article I look forward to every single year. And Dom is – I don't read all of Dom's stuff. I'm not a huge fan of all of his stuff, but this article is always a banger. Coming in at number 31, guys, we won't look at every team, but I think we should look at the highlights. Yeah. Um, and Dom does say here that timing is everything – the lowest ranking team in terms of confidence, guys. Who could it be? Who do you think it is? I know who it is, so I'll let Daniel. I think guess. I already know who it is. Oh, okay. Have you guys both read all of it? No, I no? know, but the way you framed it, we already know. Like we've talked about this how many times? You know, like even <laughs> it's <obviously>, Arizona. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just mean, keep losing draft picks. <laughs> <laughs> they lost their first round picks this year. They drafted a, a the Mitchell Miller situation, which we have covered extensively. Um, what's really interesting about this is is there the sort of rating I believe is is a scale of like zero to I think it's four or five. Um, just to look at the comparisons, you either go to yeah, I believe it's up to five. So a scale of zero to five, one to five, whatever you want to see it. The Arizona Coyotes. Their fan base confidence is actually lower, which I find kind of funny because it feels like you're always a bit biased to their team. Um, their fan base had an average score of 1.4. Good God. Oh. Uh, draft and develop Oof. actually had the highest score at 1.6. Um, and when it came to, because I, I feel like everyone still thinks the Coyotes can draft well when I think, well, I don't know if they can. Yeah. So who if they draft it? Bird hated. Yeah. Lane Keller. Lane uh, Keller. Christian Fisher. OEL. <laughs> Christian Dvorak. Okay. Can we hold? So let's just go through those names. Keller had one good season. He's been underwhelming since. OEL. Okay, great. A, 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 a. Christian yeah, Fisher. What is Christian Fisher, though? Middle is six. A, does he move? Yeah, I mean, like, it's no, the no, character I, guy. I'm, you know, I'm not, good I'm character not guy argue. gets pucks deep. Uh, I won't argue that they are good at, they're great at drafting. I don't think they're I'll good at drafting. That. Um even like the past two, like their first round picks have been kind of like, okay, like, you know, like guys that I even liked that I wish panned out, like Braden Gormley, he didn't really, or Brandon Gormley, sorry, he didn't really do much. Or there were a team that also, also rushed their draft picks too. So I, I, maybe there's that side to that as well. Barry Hayden looks good. It's just, will he look in two, three years? Dylan Strom's another example of that. Coming in at number 30, we have Chicago. Um, if you guys want to say anything about that, I mean, we've I've said more than enough. Yeah, Daniel, anything you want to say about Chicago? Um, 
confident for them in a way because I've actually liked because like Stan Bowman, I used to think he didn't know how to draft, and then he kept the picks that I don't think he should have kept, but then he traded the ones that he should have kept. Like I know sometimes we talk a lot about losing Artemi Panarin, yeah, but we never really like mentioned like. This guy sold Terrell Teravinen to get rid of Brian, Brian Bickle's contract. That's one of the worst ones. That Teravinen looks amazing in Carolina. Buffalo is 29th, which is um, their highest sort of score here is actually free agency, probably because they got Taylor Hall wanted to pad his stats for a year. Um, and we've talked about them a, a ton. Pittsburgh is at 28th. Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. You don't trade 15th overall for Kasperi Kapanen. No. That um, plus, no offense, but you why Matt Murray started against the Canadians is and Malkin couldn't do anything. Yeah, but that's not front office, is it? I, I know, but like it, it's more of like if you look at the results of your team, mm-hmm. it's like playoffs are massive, right? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's if you don't have the opportunity to play in them, it's just I think like coupled with the loss and then Jim Rutherford's then reaction to try and improve the team was then, all right, uh, what did he do? And again, it's the Kip McCappin deal. And then I think he just kind of moved some garden chairs around. It was Mike, I remember Mike looking- Matheson, yeah. Cody Cece. Yeah. Um, listen, they couldn't get a first-round pick for for Matt Murray, but they did get a very early second-round pick, yep. I think. Right? So I guess that's kind of – good consolation prize considering the market the trade market really is i don't even know what what it is but what else yeah Yeah. um 27th is san jose their fan base gave trading a four which i mean at at the top of my head i'm thinking what trades did they make and i'm like oh barclay goudreau yeah like uh but beside that their fan base was was a lot nicer like cat management um, they their lowest score when it came to the public perception that makes sense like Carlson deal the um that is not classic classic words. them losing um Kachiri as a result not Kachiri sorry I'm losing Pavelski as a result of that um, losing Joe Thornton he, yeah well no they're, they're, that's gonna hit, hit their locker room really hard yeah I think. Um, did they bring back Marlowe is that come yes they did yeah they brought him back. And they're, I mean, what did they do to fix their goaltending? They got Devin Dubnik. Twenty six is Florida. I mean, like, that's that's the tad low for me. I mean, like, I, I think yeah. Bill Zito's made some sneaky good moves. I think if it was last year, then I'm like, yeah, for sure. But I think, yeah, with Billy Zito this year, it's like, okay, they've been okay. Well, I, I think it's more like the entire year. Actually, no, because a I lot guess, of it is I more, guess. yeah. It's again, it's timing, right? Yeah, see, with that, then I think, by, then yeah, because he has made some some decent, like, yeah, maybe it's because they've lost Dadanov and it looks like they're going to lose Hoffman. All of a sudden, right. you lose that offense. Like, no, no offense is is the likes of, I mean, it's two players. That do they, yeah, but they bring in like 50 goals. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I know. And then they Alex, traded Vincent Trocek. Yeah, is Alex Wenberg gonna? It's not just in Bill, like Bill Zito himself. Right. It's it's more just. Yeah, I guess you're right. You're right. It, right. Um, I mean, when you dump that con, whatever that contract of Mike Matheson is, good enough. I like the Patrick Hornquist. Like that was 
that's a character guy. It reminds me of Eric Stahl going to Buffalo. It's like a character guy that knows how to, you know, be that person that kind of sets the locker room straight. Yeah. Um, we knew they were going to have a bad free agency that would affect it, but you would think after their playoff run, Vancouver was going to get some more grace and then everyone left. Um, of course, drafting and developing, uh, it looks like the fan base gave like a low, just under a lower score when it came to draft and development than public opinion did give a four. Um, but free agency, they got destroyed. Cap, yeah, yeah. we know they got destroyed. We don't. We had Harmon on. We can play. You don't need to touch that. I thought Joy Stretcher, like what I kind of felt with him was like I thought the fact that Chris Tanev was gone was meant Troy Stretcher was going to be kept. Yeah, that was bad. That was that was really really bad. Uh, Nashville was twenty fourth. I don't think we need to go. It's Nashville. Who cares? Uh, apparently, cap management for them is three point six. Whatever. I mean. It, Ryan Johansson is something you say, but uh, they're pretty good at the draft, though. I mean, great. I hope you drafted a few sentiment. Twenty uh, third is Anaheim. Yeah, I'll let Daniel I thought, take that one. I think I don't know why. Like, I think it was more of not what they what they did, but what they didn't do is why they're lower. The vision is a bit. It's the a part of this is not seeing the vision of the team because. Yeah, I, I admit that like going into 2017 when they made it to the conference finals, that I really felt like that was the final push they had with that core. But I don't think that you know had to sell off everything right away. They still made the playoffs the next year, um, and you know they've been dealt a hand where they never got a top five pick. Where I'm not being biased to defend it, but I'm just saying that like they've drafted pretty well with the hand they've been given. Yeah. Like Troy Terry in the fifth round. Yeah. Lucas Dostal in the fourth round. The the thing that confuses me is you go out and sign Kevin Shankirk for three years. That one like, kind of yeah. What and I see like I understand like what's the vision of this team? There was decisions also adds here. I don't understand them trading Kasha. Uh, it's a strong sign for Shattenkirk. It makes a little sense when looking at the you know the decision the Ducks should make. Uh, shouldn't they be rebuilding? They're sputtering around the league's basement instead of a. Uh, of committing to the team or to what the team I, I think they're going to wait until Ryan Kessler's off. Like his contract's gone. Patrick Eve's just expired. And then honestly, they're going to wait until Ryan gets off for tires. And then they could finally say, okay, That's we have all this move. I, because like the way I see, like I love Trevor Zegris, but I don't think that he is just going to be that like top center guy that I think he's going to become, but not well, someone that's going to just step into it. He's yeah. going to be like a Sean Couturier. Let's not act like Zegra, like that Getzlav is just the old man. Huh? He's still not. Oh, he's still pretty dominant. Yeah. But I think my worry with the team is because I don't see what they're doing, I worry that they're going to end up like Minnesota, just in the middle of the league, and then you're going to end up having to do this rebuild. Like you have these guys that you can rebuild around, I'm like, yes, yes, you don't trade Ryan Getzlav. Like, I don't I don't think that's the right move. That's a legacy guy. You know right. Like, but you just have all these guys. Like, I look at this team, Henrique, Silverberg. I mean, yeah, back is fine. But, like, then the rest of them, like Derek Grant. Like, yeah, great bottom, bottom six guy. Carter Rowney, Nick DeLorey. But fill the bottom six with young guys. Like, are you rebuilding or are you trying to be mid tiers? That's the thing I'm getting from this team. They're still playing like that through the mud, like, you know, drag them through the mud type of play, which has worked for them so well 
when you mixed it in with skill. But now it's just kind of like, yeah, that bottom six becoming a bit too bare bones. And what I kind of feel is, yeah, they have these skilled guys that they've been really cautious with. Like, you know, Sam Steele, like we would have maybe have one or two bad games and they're like suddenly, okay, you're you're not on the team. (laughs) Like we're going to send you back to San Diego. I think now is the time for patience with that. Like don't keep going back and forth with all these guys, especially Maxime Comtois where he could complement the bottom six. Absolutely. Um, next up, talk about a team that its fan base is much higher than public perception. Edmonton is at 22nd, ladies and gentlemen. Um, they didn't have a single score above three from public perception. They Their lowest score was a 2.9. That was trading from the fan base. Everything else is above three. Um, and it seems to be a lot of the comments I'm seeing here in the Decisions article is actually praising Tom, bringing in uh, Mr. Holland. I almost, I almost called him Tom. It's not Tom Holland. It's Ken Holland. And there's a really funny quote. I just His son, to Tom Holland. Yeah. Quote, dumping <laughs> Shirelli was the best thing Edmonton has done in a decade. Jury is still out on how Holland does, but it's starting to look promising. Not going to be overly optimistic. Even though, what has he actually done? Except he kind of blew the, the atmosphere stuff. But- I was going to say that. Yeah. Sure. I, I think with anything is better than Shirelli. I mean, yeah. Right. I think that's a really low bar to put, but um, so I do give some credit, I guess, to Holland. Like I think he, prior to the pandemic, I think Edmonton were going to make the playoffs. And I think adding an Athanasiu and adding Mike Green would potentially be good moves. And I think hopefully you would have brought back Athanasiu with a rising cap but again, that's not the world we're living in. The issue I have with this team is again, the, what were the main things that were wrong with this team? Defense. All right. Technical difficulties aside, the weather is kind of crazy in Ontario for the two lads here. Um, but Alex, you were going on about deadline deals for, oh. for Edmonton. Yeah. I think what Ken Holland did at the deadline was good considering they needed depth wingers or depth forwards. And, you know, it doesn't hurt to get a depth defenseman. It's really unfortunate that Mike Green wasn't, didn't go to the um, play-in. And it's unfortunate that he decided to retire and they couldn't qualify Andreas Athanasiu because the cap didn't go up. But what he did in the offseason did, in my opinion, didn't fix the issue with this team. Mm-hmm. They didn't fix the issue with defense. You brought in Tyson Berry because Oscar Clefbaum was is going to be out for the rest of, for the next season, and you need a power play quarterback. But Tyson Berry isn't good at defense. Like I thought, we figured this out. Um, they just sort of leaked goals against uh, Chicago in the playing round. Right. So they didn't fix that. And then instead of addressing their goaltending issue, they went out and brought back Mike Smith after failing to get Markstrom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they really swung and missed there. Um, Daniel, before we realized when the call lagged out that it stopped recording, I'd ask you your thoughts on Edmonton. So try again. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I agree with Alex where, you know, running it back with Mike Smith is going to be really questionable. It's something that I think that they should have refreshed with the back end already, especially with Tyson Berry as well. Um, you know, I still like the guy, but for the responsibility is going to get in Edmonton, it, 
it it doesn't look it doesn't look good to me. It doesn't look like it's going to be something where he's going to excel in that primary role as a power play quarterback. Like it didn't, we didn't see it in Toronto. He started to lose it in Colorado where it was a bit more of a controlled system. And now I think Edmonton is going to put him there for the sake of putting him there. Um, Yeah. Like those, those trades, like for an Oilers team that, you know, has to continue to build depth. They still want to keep stockpiling the cupboards to the Mike Green one. That's an excuse. That's excusable. But the Antonio one, like those two second round picks that, is, you know, we just never know with the picks, but to kind of lose it like that and not really get much out of Antonisiu was really disappointing for me to see. The one silver lining I had, and I mentioned it before, and it was Cal Turris. I think that he needed a new environment. He, you know, he's a pretty solid depth center, and he's someone that may surprise you, I think, with the Oilers, that, you know, he's going to be somewhere where he doesn't have that huge contract expectations anymore. He's not on the team like Nashville where, you know, they're kind of scrambling to kind of think like, is our window closing? I think that he could kind of pace himself, especially with Dreisaitl and McDavid taking, and, you know, Nugent Hopkins here and there taking most of like that center, that like centered time. So yeah, you know, I think Calteris, something positive out of this off season for the Oilers. Yeah. Just to build off of Daniel's point quickly, I, I wouldn't say Ken Holland's, offseason was a failure like I really liked Dominic Cahoon and Kyle Turris as signings I think it brings the forward depth but they're but they have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl their issues were never offense their issues were always defense and I feel like they they failed to address that properly and they haven't signed Ethan Barry yet either that too and I believe they're over the cap um, right. Uh, we'll just go through the next sort of three teams really quickly here. Um, Ottawa up from second last, um, in the previous season is up to 21st. Good for them. Um, strongest point drafting and developing. I mean, what a wicked draft New Jersey after swaying and missing after being the Kings of the off season last year, um, are at 20th and then Calgary. We'll do a little talking point here. Um, free agency, People were kind of low on, I guess, the sort of Tanev getting a bit too much money. Um, Markstrom's contract might be a problem in a few years. Um, but Calgary, they're, they're, one of the quotes here is talking about how, according to the public, the Flames possesses uh, – what the – the Flames possess by far the most ordinary front office, which is um, a team that is sort of struggling to take that next step. I don't think – you would like to hear that said about your great trust. You don't move the no. dial too much with how they are. They, I, I think that a lot of people remember when we were talking about like, are they going to trade Johnny Goudreau? I yeah. think like the flames are just kind of like, we're pretty settled where, where we are. Um, if I just make one point about New Jersey and Ottawa, I think that's been great for them, but just don't touch anything like develop your guys. <laughs> like just don't yeah, move Eugene. anything around. <laughs> And they'll be okay. okay. Yeah. I think I feel like you were calling out Eugene Melnick there. I'm just, I'm just saying. Um, just to to comment on Calgary, this is just my prediction. Um, if the Calgary Flames fail again this season, Brad Treliving is fired, and they don't blow up the team, but one of Monahan or Goudreau are traded. I think that's fair. I think it's fair. Um, trade Monaghan, not not Goudreau. I knew that. 
Well, Goudreau is Goudreau. First line center. Uh, is Sean Monahan a first line center? No. Is Elias Helen home? No. No. I think Elias. Sorry. I think Elias Lindholm is a first line. Like he could be a first line winger. It's just they they could be like very good second liners. It's yeah. just in center. I mean, yeah, like uh, Alex is like yeah. Obviously, when when that line was first put together, the like when it was Monahan, Goudreau, and Lindholm, it was fire. Um, but. Julie, they never they never caught that landing in the bottle. Uh, Eighteen is Minnesota. Um, the fan base, interestingly, are extremely high on really Bill Guerin and what he's come into. Uh, Lecisians did make a reference to the uh, Michael Russo article, um, but Minnesota are just so mad. The team I really want to talk about here: seventeenth. Take a guess who is seventeenth, and it feels like especially. The fan base is a lot lower than the public, except cat management, which we're in the middle of. And is this it, team might surprise you. Philadelphia? Is it? Um, it is, is an it Eastern t- Conference team. Is it a team that is close to this podcast? In a way. It's not one of the main three. But oh, okay, okay, okay. In a, in a backwards sort of way. This is, this is a team that is close to our hearts, not in a good way, but it is there. Oh, the Boston Bruins. Boston Bruins. Okay. <laughs> 17th, the fan base cannot stand the idea of drafting the development. Very critical on free agency. Uh, I think it's really the Tory Krug stuff, that sort of saga. And the fact that they have not replaced his sort of offensive ability. And I mean, right. I, I wonder if there are questions about the secondary scoring because unfortunately, Andre Kasha never scored a goal. But I, I think maybe that's the concern, but I don't think it's going to be a surprise to anyone next year if Craig Smith can pot 20, Kasha can do 20. Maybe those guys sort of pick it up. But, I, I mean, there are – I don't know if this is just me seeing this. I've been reading stuff and uh, listening to stuff, and it feels like a lot of people are counting out the Bruins next year. And I don't know if that's a very smart – I know I, I joked about Bergeron falling off next year. He's not going to. But I, are people being way too harsh on the Bruins? So I, okay, Daniel, you can go oh, first. Sorry. Okay, no, no um, I kind of think on paper people are gonna look at what they were in 2018, 2019, and say, yeah, you know, they're definitely weaker. You know, like they relied so long on these name brand guys to build up their core, and then suddenly you'll see a few ruptures here and there, and then you see the David Krejci comments about. You know, man, you know, it's disappointing. We like, you know, we have two or three years left with this core. And to me, what I kind of think is they kind of know that, you know, they are still a pretty reliable team, but, you know, the pieces are not there anymore. They're not in a way that what, and I may eat my words, I don't know, but I think with the second wave of their prospects, they just don't really have that guy, I could kind of say, yeah, that guy is going to fill in what they lost with Tory Crew, what they lost with, you know, what they have offensively. Like, this is a guy that's going to help them get to where they need to go. And then the David Pasternak injury, that's just something that, that's just a huge blow. That is a very good point. Um, but, man, Boston fans are, they got some high standards there. They really do. Uh, 16th, the 
Now, sorry, did you say something else? No, I was just going to say, like, I think, I think there's a, like, more than one thing than just a Tory Krug thing. I think especially that fan base is really down on Tuka Rask because of what happened. And they, they were, I'm not going to use the word I was going to use. They're just not that into it. Um, and Patrice Bergeron's a year older. Like, it, they yes, okay. He, and, and Daniel made a really good point. They don't, their next set of prospects, because of how good they've been, their next set of prospects aren't necessarily as good as Bergeron, as good as Marchand, as good as uh, the, the rest of the crew. So, you know, you bring in Craig Smith, you bring in Charlie Coyle, you bring in Andre Kasha. What are they supposed to be alongside DeBrusque and Pasternak, your next set of guys after especially Bergeron because he's three years older than Marchand. Marchand, I I mean, I'd argue has a few more years left. I don't know what, like, what are we expecting from Patrice Bergeron? The guy's literally injured and, and it's, and, and for good on him, obviously, because he, he's 35 and he is still the, the best. Sorry. I don't know what beeps and it's, uh, he's still probably, if he's probably the one of the top, if not the best two-way center in in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, how long can you expect this man to be that at the age of 35 and punctured lungs and broken ribs and arms and legs? The guy's uh, on pins and needles. Like, mm-hmm. without Pasternak, what, he's going to play, like, 36 minutes, 37 minutes. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Uh, 16th is the Islanders. Big criticism is cap management and free agency. We've talked about that before. Uh, Sims Winnipeg at 15th. The biggest thing with them is free agency. Um, I guess maybe they wanted a good defenseman. 14th, though. I'm happy that this team is at 14th because they have been at the bottom for a few years now. The Montreal Canadiens are 14th. Um, and it seems to be where faith mostly is, is drafting and development, both from the public and the Canadian. Funny enough, for drafting and developing, the Canadians and the public have the same sort of view. Our roster building public gave a 3.3. The fan base himself went 3.9. Um, a team that good reviews on both sides, the fan base has been especially high on. And I think it's because just like some of the moves that they made just made the fan base just so happy that maybe they are going a bit much here. Um Sort of the stuff Dom says here is a lot of faith comes from Bergeron's trading because he's just he just seems to make these moves where you're like this there's no way this is going to work out and then they do and uh, it's just and drafting and developing of course we've talked about it has been a bit of it um, playoff I I question the Foley signing by the way hello oh am I here are we all I here am, hello I am here. Okay, that was scary. Yes. Oh. Last thing, just I like that the Foley signing a lot. I'm still a huge fan of it. Not because I got it right, but just because I like the player. Um, question, question. Yeah. And I've been thinking about this the last couple of days. Is is Mark Bergevin good at making uh, low to mid tier trades? But when it comes to the high end trades, it doesn't always work out. Um. Oh, let's think about that. Well, I'd say the biggest trade he's ever made is beyond a shadow without Weber and Subban. That has worked out. But then on the other side of that coin, oh boy, Jonathan Drew better be good this year because Sergeyev is a freaking god. Um, so it's 
But then, like, for, those are his two big ones, right? And he will look at the Shea Weber deal, and you see the player that Shea Weber is, and the guy who's turned into your captain. But then you look at, until sort of this free agency, the issues that have been on the left side. And then you, you have to sort of, like, high-end deals. He himself would probably say, I've done better. But it's kind of split right now. It's 50-50. Then there's lower-end moves. The Galchenyuk for Domi worked out fantastic. Domi sort of lost his place on the team. The Dino trade to get him was amazing. So, and then, but when we don't know what's like with Josh Anderson. So mostly his moves have worked out, but for the big ones, it's been 50, 50. Um, it just, right. if it was like, if Romanov can really pan out, then you kind of have this idea of you start forgetting about it, uh, about like the Sergeyev deal, but Again, Weber's worked out, and that was a move right. that if it didn't, Bergevin would not be here today, which is um, which is lucky. So I, I think you got to give him credit on both. Uh, listen, when his trades so far, I'm I'm not hating any of them. Maybe it's because I love Jonathan Druin, but like Weber's been so fantastic for this team. Um, you hopefully you see what Anderson turns into, but when Domi was here, he was a completely different player than he was in Arizona. So. And again, he robbed. He robbed another great move. He robbed the Oilers of Jeff Petrie. Yeah. Imagine that team with Jeff Petrie right now, the Oilers. So, and that's an. I would actually say his bigger moves because Petrie is when Weber has been down has been one of the best defensemen in the league and very sort of underrated. Like offensively, at least I'll say defensively, Petrie's not the best. They made Bu- they made Buffalo look like idiots. Oh, yeah. They traded for the fourth <laughs> and then traded him for a second and a fourth. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to look Asset at. management at its finest. Yeah. Um, he's such a weird general manager because it took him so long to use his cap, and now that he did. And, of course, the biggest question that can really make or break a lot of stuff is the Anderson deal, uh, which is, like, you have to keep an eye on. But, I mean – Good on him. I mean, this is a team that has always sort of been at the bottom five of Dom's listings here. So it's it, it's such a it's so nice to see a team that's really like I would always think would be a top five organization, but you can easily see that the fan base is a lot higher on this team than the public seems to be. Uh, the Washington Capitals doesn't help when all this pool party stuff comes out. Twelfth, a team that we sort of I think the three of us agree that we can give an honorary champion to the off season to. Um, but their cap management is really what may take them out of being a, an upper echelon team. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights at 12. 11th, Philly. I don't really know what we can sort of say other than. Did they do anything? They didn't. Like the fact that they didn't make a big trade that just kind of backfired them has been good. Because um, like, they're a team that has like tinkered so much with their core. Even when they were compete, like they were contenders that the fact that they just kind of kept what they had and went with it and just that i think that that was good and they've drafted pretty well i mean the samurai yeah. trade um at 11 2013 i know that was seven years ago but that's still a that's still like i don't know that that's like a pick that i, I kind of felt like a team would have done in like 2000 or like 1995 i think the fan base are forgetting the jvr deal like Jimmy Hayes and the not Jimmy Hayes, sorry, Kevin Hayes. Kevin. I always say Jimmy. In the playoffs, I think Kevin Hayes really started earning his money. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like a Justin Williams player. 
But you know what? Like right here, Lecision says, I'm a little surprised at the team's free agency score, giving recent deals to Hayes and James Rizek. Uh Doesn't, sorry, don't look agree. It'll be great. But contracts aside, um, those two are part of what gives the Flyers one of the league's deepest forward groups. Uh, 16th, the Dallas Stars. Uh, vision, cap management, and roster building is at the top there. I don't know about that because, like, I look at their defensive depth and I'm like, hey, you got Heiskanen and it's Lindell. And I'm like, okay, but what, like, Klingberg, okay. And, and don't forget, right, don't forget, do not forget, right yeah. defenseman, right winger, Mark Pissick. Yeah. But- <laughs> And like you're like Sakara in that, but like I also it all is it it also helps when you go to the Stanley Cup Finals. Penny's brother, right? I did say that. Penny's brother, yeah, very fantastic for him. Uh, the LA Kings, ninth. Um, they are. You know what? I'm Just looking getting at getting gems in the draft. Yeah, they're drafting and developing. Got a three point nine from the public, which I think is very low. Four point seven from the fan base. I mean, what is ever a perfect drafting development thing? But I mean, their cap management got a very good score from the team. And I'm like, I'm just from fan base. And I'm like, yeah, but Dowdy and Kopitar. Yeah. yeah but but I, we've had this discussion. I think we've, we haven't had it on the podcast. I think we've talked about it off the podcast. Is Drew Doughty worth $11 million? Or is it because when you watch him play with this team, maybe not. But if you put him on a more of a closer to a contender, I think maybe he is worth that type of money. Uh, well, Eric Carlson, no, no, you know, because Dowdy got the first. Well, because here's what's interesting because Dowdy set that market. Yeah, yes, he did. Yeah, because was he going to. Oh, it, it's tough. I almost relate it to the. He's a great defenseman, there's no doubt about it. But then you look at like a John Carlson, 8.25. That's like your your number one, or like I think it's around 8.25, same with OEL. Yeah. Those are like the same Olympic defensemen. Hedman a few years ago, yes, but didn't get that much money. And then it, it just sort of feels like, I don't know, I think the Sharks and the Kings, I wonder if there's that carry pricing of like, Bergevin gave Price a deal he got because you're not going to let him go. You can't do that. And I wonder if also... Dowdy and Kopitar looked at Caves and Kane and said, okay, they got you there. They got the Blackhawks, their cups. I got you your cups. You're going to give me what I want. Because I don't think him and Carlson should have gotten 11. Because if the best sentiment in the league, the average deal is, okay, I'd say 10.5 is like your new starting point for an amazing – Eichel gets around 10.5. And yeah. I don't know how exactly those two defensemen got more than a guy like Jack Eichel or how Eichel didn't elevate his deal towards there. Well, so here's the thing. I don't put, okay. I think we've had this discussion. John Carlson is very good offensively, Yeah, but but defensively. And he's not the Olympic pedigree. Though. He's like the number. Oh, one absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, but so does Drew Doughty. I think that they're on that. They're on a that pedestal of their Olympic pedigree. Yeah. But I and Doughty would, made it. Would, would you 19. take? Yeah, that I guess. Would you yeah. take Doughty over Carlson? Because I oh, think I would. What? Okay. 
I can't answer that question unbiasedly. You guys know how much I love Eric Carlson. I no, no, yes. no, no, not like Eric, not Eric, not Eric, not oh, Eric, John, John, John. He's his younger brother. Oh, yeah, second, yeah. Right. Okay. Sorry. I, I, sh- I guess I should have clarified. I didn't okay, think okay. about that. Yeah, right, no, no, so, I think if he's between John and Eric. No, sorry. That's why. Like, do I think Drew Doughty's three million dollars better than John Carlson? No. If you ask me two but years ago. But I don't ago. think it's an issue of cap management because they have $14 million in cap space or 13.6. They have no, like they're not going to be making many other moves. I don't know how much this deal, those, that, those two deals are going to have that big of an effect. I mean, who knows? I guess it depends on the future of the cap. Yeah. Is who it going to be five or six? There? Like, that's the thing. It's like um, still I can, Dustin I can check. I know that. It's like who do they like? They don't have anyone right now who right. needs the money. That's the only thing, right? Yeah. Right. Like their UFA, their their free agents next season are Alex Ayafalo, Blake Lazat, uh, Trevor Moore, Michael Amadio, Matt Roy, Matt Roy or Wa. I like Adams. I like your facial expression today. <laughs> Watch the YouTube version to get my opinion on those players. Like my face and saying guy, guy, guy. Yeah, they're not going to make a lot of money, right? Right. Like I, I don't think they're the guys that need to get paid aren't really in the NHL yet, right? Like Turcott, Arthur Kaliev, Tyler Madden, Quinton Byfield. Those guys are Akil Thomas as well. Yeah. Those guys are going to get paid eventually. Mm-hmm. But Gabe I think, yeah, Gabe, and but at that point, I don't know if those deals are going to be significant. That's why I don't necessarily think their cap management is awful. Yeah, um, no. uh, Columbus is eighth. Uh, the team above them in seventh. Uh, we'll focus on them for a particular reason. Uh, seventh place is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, as much as people complain on Twitter, the Leafs fan base is actually. It seems like a lot of the heat seems to come from what's really interesting. Um, the fan base gave the Toronto Maple Leafs a four out of five for cat management when the public opinion gave them 2.6. Now I feel like a lot of people will sort of say, I think it's more in the middle there, to be honest with you, because yeah. obviously the big contracts are, are an issue, but I think what Dubis was actually able to do this off season and bring, being able to bring in a guy like TJ Brody and getting Thornton and Spezza on the cheap, I think really kind of helped them out. But I think it I changed think the team, man. Like this that's... is definitely a a a lot of people are very harsh and a mix of a, like a very popular fan base that is sort of not popular, a a very sort of there's a lot of least fans, and maybe some people are being a bit too nice. Like the same with the Canadians, I think they were being a lot pretty gentle here. It's it's definitely in the middle, but I think there are. I think they're a top five ran organization. I mean, my bias, I think they are, but they, they did what we all expected them to do. They tinkered with the, or what I expected them to do. They tinkered with the squad without touching the big four. Kyle Dubas said pretty, not word for word. He worked as we, you know how, when you work under Lou, you learn how to, how to not answer the question pretty much said he's not going to touch the top four, but that cha- that squad's going to change TJ Brody, legit top four defenseman, 
Um, and then you bring in Thornton and Spezza, who can still play on league min deals. Um, Bogosian, who's probably who could be in your lineup. Like the guy played almost 20 minutes in the in the last game of the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. Right? You brought you bring in Wayne Simmons, who uh, yes, you lost Kyle Clifford and you replaced him with Wayne Simmons, but still you still have that toughness. And when Kyle Clifford was in this in in Toronto, the entire team looked different. Mm-hmm. So I think he did a good job. Daniel. Yeah, um, the way he's been able to kind of maneuver everything, I think one of the biggest criticisms with Cal Dubis, which again was a Lou decision, was getting rid of, you know, the, the, the basically drafted it became Seth Jarvis, which I think is, we'll see how that prospect develops for the Hurricanes to get rid of Patrick Marlowe's contract. But the way that he's been able to kind of not only add to the core, maneuver around it, and recoup assets has been a testament to you know, Cal Dubas as like whether or not he is competent as a GM. And I think that he's perfectly suited for this. I think, and hasn't really been spoken but too much, but I think like this offseason really kind of solidified where, what he can do with the squad. I think getting rid of a lot of the money that was kind of tied to players that he didn't feel there was a future for and to not just kind of get rid of them. Like I think of Casper Kapan and what he's been able to do. I know we talk about, you know, that 15th overall pick, but I again like getting Philip Hollander in that as well, and knowing that this is a guy ceiling, maybe he's gonna just be a top nine guy, but you know, you still keep adding organizational depth to this lineup. And to get these guys on the cheap, you know, Gordon, Spezza, whether or not it was hometown discounts, probably is. And to get TJ Brody, who I think again, what I said last year, he complements this team so much better than Tyson Berry. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, sixth place, we have St. Louis. I thought they may be a bit lower. Maybe, you know, they take a hit from Vitrangelo, but one of the comments here says that with Krug, uh, it showed there was always a plan. The Rangers are fifth. Um, though we're going to move on here just because we have the Rangers. Because I really want to stop on number four. Detroit. Fourth place, a 4.0 average here. Um, Vision was their highest scorer on both on both ends because, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Steve Eiserman is the thing. Right. When you have Steve Eiserman, your vision's five out of five. 2020 mm-hmm. vision, as they say. Yeah, cap management was another good score. Probably like the Mark Stahl deal, utilizing as a weapon. Free agency. Um, the fan base especially is extremely, extremely confident. Yeah. There, there's a sort of like comparison of uh, last year and this year also in the article people should check out. Oh boy, it's great. Yeah, I think he's been pretty sneaky with everything he's been able to do, Steve Eiserman. Um, you know, what you said, like getting a draft pick for Mark Stahl, who, you know, he may not have the legs anymore like we were used to, or, you know, his type of game not really fitting in anymore, but he's a guy that could come in and be a veteran voice. We just don't know. Um, getting those other guys under contract, you know, they've been pretty – good he hasn't really overpaid anyone and yeah like just like i said before like just don't they're not he's not tinkering too much with what he already has he's just kind of waiting now until like those bigger contracts just come off the books until detroit could really you know make something now of a foundation from those draft picks Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Carolina is third because Carolina. Tampa are second. They just won the cup. And number one, can there be no doubt? Joe Sackick and his Colorado Avalanche, 4.6 out of five. And their lowest score from the public is 3.9 from free agency. Maybe the goalie, you can kind of say, is the one thing there. Their lowest score from the fan base was 4.0 from drafting and developing. Oh, my – like, can I share my screen right now just to mention this? I'll just quickly, like – just I, I don't want to show too much of the article. I'm just going to show the graphic here. Yeah. And it, it's like, graph. oh, my God. Like, what an infographic. Wow. The process RSJ would be proud. I know. Balancing out that text with infographic, <laughs> I love it. So basically what I think these numbers here are, so they were first in vision, first yeah. in trading, cap management when it came to a public opinion, a fan base, the most competent cap management in trading. Wow. Oh, color. I mean, we did our deep vibe, deep, deep dive, and we kind of went on all about them. I know. I've said enough about Alex Newhook. Yeah, man. Hey, when there was rumors about Tatar and Petrie getting traded, I was like, yeah, go get them. Right. It was um, New Hook and Graves, right? That's who we were talking about. Yeah. Um, oh, and Connor Martin Timmons Cout. and Connor Timmons. Yeah. Yes, and all of them. Just give me everyone. Give me McKinnon for him. Why not? Um, all right. Do we want to do? Do we want to see the player agent and reps one for next episode? So we're still a little light on stuff, or? Sure. Yeah, I don't mind it. All right. Let's get well, nuts. You know, we love the athletic, but you know, we got to space out the love. Yeah. Well, they are awesome. Who doesn't love the athletic? No, I don't know. I love the athletic. People who don't like good sports journalism. Exactly. Yeah. Right, um, are we good then? Well, we have to do the deep dive. Oh, God. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Come on. Oh, I my know. God. Yeah. You're just about to end the episode with no <laughs> deep dive. Yeah. All, anyone who's listening who is a Dallas Stars fan is now – Tuned yeah, up. they're like, man, what are these people? Just they're so biased dis- against the Dallas Stars. Yeah, well, you guys lost in the final. Straight but up disappointed. I'm trying to click the Dallas Stars on calf friendly, but it was okay. So, I mean, we'll start with the goaltenders then because we always do. Um, they got they got Anton Kudobin back. Yeah. Kudobin. They got Antoine. Antoine Went on. And, you know, it's really – I didn't know this about that Kudobin deal. It's now um, Ben Bishop and Anton Kudobin expire in the same year, three years from now. Yep. Um, I didn't realize Bishop makes less than $5 million. Oh. I think he was already 33. Uh, yeah, him and Kudobin are only a year apart. Wow. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, what do we want to say about the goaltending other than we all saw what Kudobin did in the playoffs, and we all know what Ben Bishop is like when he's healthy. Can he do it again? Yes. Wait, yes. Bishop or Hudobin? Hudobin. They can both do it. I think they can. Yeah. yeah. I think you watch Kudobin's workload, though. Um, Especially at the beginning of next season. Yeah, I imagine right now the guys like, "Oh, I'm finally go home." <laughs> Please. Yeah, honestly. From again. I believe is he not? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's oh, yeah. Russian. No, he's I from think- Kazakhstan. He's from Kazakhstan. Yes, Kazakhstan. I don't even you know, know who else is from Kazakhstan. Uh, who Borat? I oh, well, they're gonna say Nick Antropov, Leafs, Nick Antropov, too. That was the second <laughs> name in my head. I knew that. I knew Where that. Is 
Kangistan. Technically, um, well, he was a Russian citizen, but Evgeny Nabokov was born yeah, in Kazakhstan. Yeah, well, he was born when it was USSR, was it not? Yeah. Was it not? That was like Kangas Khan, the Pokemon. What? What? <laughs> Kangistan sounds like the, the Pokemon Kangaskhan. Yeah, it's a normal yeah. type. It's kind of like a oh. kangaroo. It has like a little kangaroo sure. little pouch. Sure. I'll just agree. Yeah. He also re-signed Essa Lindell five times 5.8. That's a lot of money. That is quite a bit of money. Um, mm-hmm. How did... Or am I thinking of Rupe Hintz, who's at 3.15? Rupe Hintz. No, I think Rupe, I think I really like that deal. Yeah. Um, do you got, Do you not like that deal, Adam? I think with Rupe Hintz is, I don't, I don't hate Dallas's center depth, but with Tyler Sagan having a procedure which I cannot pronounce, uh, mm. I think it is very important for those guys. And I mean... It's a different player, but we saw without Radic facts of what Dallas was like. So anytime you can re-sign a Cyberman at a reasonable deal is a win. Yeah. My books. They've been pretty good in terms of their forwards. Um, I think that they don't have to worry too much because when I think about organizational depth, I don't think they've drafted very well. No, they have not. Like Thomas Harley has been okay on, on the back end. Joel Hanley, you know, I know he's 29, but he's a guy that, you know, they got lucky with signing him. And when I think about their forwards, like a big thing I've been reading about, especially with, you know, the USHL or like the NCAA has been Riley Tuft. And he has not become the player that the stars thought he was going to be. Like he's looked more like a Kyle Clifford instead of a Mark Stone. Um, and I look at like Ty Delandria or like Jason Robertson. I think these are guys that they've kind of reached on in the draft and it just hasn't, it hasn't paid off. It hasn't become what they thought they were getting in these guys. And I think it's okay because, you know, like you have talked about hints and Fasca, but when I think of like injuries, when I think of the depth, they just don't have now when you think of Sega and gone, or, you know, we don't know what 36, 37 year old Joel Pavelski is going to look like. We don't know what Jamie Ben we're going to get next year. It's a yeah, lot to yeah. think about. Bishop, they sign Kadobin obviously is, has been all over the league. Um, Sagan, they traded for Pavelski. They signed Ben. They did Radulov. They signed. Yeah, all your big name players aren't even your own guys. Now on defense, they got lucky because they won a draft lottery. <laughs> got near a high school. and yeah. then they, like and Jamie Ben and and um, John Klingberg are late round picks. Mm-hmm. You got some magic beans there. So like yeah, they. they those top round picks, they need to uh, really step up there. I want to go and double check their drafting developing from that quick, um, from that, that article quickly. Guys. Yeah. I think that's the, they've, what they've developed. I think they've done a good job at developing in a way, um, but drafting. Let's uh, kick it up a notch. In drafting, like I have their reserve list up from Cap Friendly. Like, there's not many names that really stand out to me. The only one that stands out to me um, is Antonio Strangers, but that's just because I heard about him. Um, where did I hear about him? I was doing some research for something, and and he came across my 
my screen and he looked quite good but he dropped Wait, in the fourth round when are we gonna talk about jason robertson and refer to him as nick's brother uh absolutely starting right now yes okay by the way drafting and developing was the the lowest score that dallas got in there oh, okay like is jake Audendre? i don't know what they have in him yet like well, he I, played one game yeah uh, and in the playoffs he, i know he was a low first round pick but you know every time a goalie goes in the first round it just, I think there's just a bit more of like that scrutiny that has to be there. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I, I'm Mike's a big fan of him, an NCAA guy. I think he's pretty tall too, which as a goalie is half of the requirements, to be honest with you. Daniel, how tall is Yaroslav Askarov? Pop quiz. <laughs> like Six foot three? You know what? I'll go with that. I didn't actually search it up. I, I don't know. <laughs> I just like guessed it. Good check right now. Yaroslav Askarov. Uh, he, he is. That's that's useless. He's how tall? Six point oh two. Okay, I was one one inch off. Close. Yo, by the way, in five games played, he is um, he is a shutout of one point oh eight goals against average and a nine sixty save percentage. Hello, Nashville. In the KHL. Yeah, uh, or Saint Saint Petersburg. Yeah, okay, yeah, I I, I wow. know, but still. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, yeah. No, it's he's a uh, Oh my god. Spencer Knight who? Who does he play for again? Why and I wanna say Spencer Knight? I wanna say he plays for Boston, like Boston U. But Spencer Knight who is Boston College. Boston College. Why did I say you? I'm an idiot. Oh Close. my god. You know what Brian Burke would be happy about that. We one. miss one freaking day, one episode and we miss it. Is he not played? Because the or have they haven't started yet. Oh, I think yesterday. I according to my, Mike May, it seemed like yesterday was the first day. So we're in Wisconsin before you played two games. One of both. What's up? Shout out to Cole Caulfield. His brother scored yesterday as well. Does his brother play for um, yeah, Wisconsin? Oh, that's nice. There was also another player that we have to remember who was a great goalie that played for Boston College. Oh, who's that? Joe Wall. Really, Joseph Wall. What's up with him lately, anyway? Um. Well, I don't. We'll find out if he gets playing time. Mm-hmm. Maybe if there's a four goalie rotation, like they start using goalies, no. like pit, starting he, pitchers. We'll see. He, no, no, no. He's not. I don't. He's not going to touch the NHL. He'll. He'll play. I, I think Daniel's right that there's going to be more goalies in the NHL next year. I just think that's the reality of the schedule and situation. So didn't have a great first AHL season. So mm-hmm. see what happens. So predictions for next year. Do the Stars make another run? No. No? I don't think they're no. going to make it to the cup final. Will they make the playoffs? Absolutely. Um, they run into Colorado again. I don't think I don't think the Avalanche are going to let that go by. No, especially no. since they added Brandon Saad and they have other guys who are coming up. And Nathan McKinnon is a year older and a year better. So... He's a year wiser. Yeah. Right. I mean, was there a player who like who could have done like there was not a player who did more in that playoffs than Nathan McKinnon did? Like of everyone. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Connor McDavid, but no. no Unfortunately, didn't get to play enough. If he had Dominic Kubalik, you know first what? game against the Oilers. No, because no, like, but, they, you go ahead. Sorry. Like Sergio, like I, I was on Team Headman the entire time, right? Yeah. But like, he had points in all but one game. McKinnon, he was so. I know. 
<laughs> and they lost that game in 10 seconds. I don't care about Yo Kibiranta. Is he still 66 in NHL 21? That's the last time I saw. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Adam hasn't played in a month. No. no. They've no. broken the game. They finally fixed it, though. Yeah. Well, okay. Have they? Yeah, it's okay. Well, how about fix Jeff Petrie? He doesn't, he scores more than 20 points in a year. God damn it. Just email them. Fix your dumb game. Even though he's um, not been in here for four years, please. He's never been a defensive defenseman. <laughs> Change it to offensive defenseman. Still doesn't do any points. It's great. Um, it's no, more quick uh, every year he's been the Canadian. Better than the last, but no. Defensive defenseman. Same as Carl Osner, apparently. Would it be fair to say Nick Robertson is not a playmaker? He's a sniper. Because he scored 50 goals? Yeah. Like, I is mean, that fair? Is that fair to say? I don't personally know a lot about his play. So Neither I, do I. But like Nick Suzuki scored like 40 odd goals in junior, but he's uh, he's a playmaker. It is junior, right? It's I guess it's like you're not facing off against Freddie Anderson, Kerry Price, that's, 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 that's fair. That's it's fair. Joe Smith from Sudbury. <laughs> Smith from Sudbury. Yeah. I bet that's their goalie. I have a funny story. I remember reading this a while back. On TSN's comments. Yeah. And I remember when the Leafs took Niazim Kadri seventh overall. And then uh, someone said in the comments, man, why can't the Leafs never get anyone Canadian? And then someone and then someone someone responded, Hey man, this guy's from Mississauga just because his name's not John Smith or something. God played for London. Like you cannot there is no such thing more of Canadian hockey than playing for the London Knights. Because you know, completely unfair and always somehow dominant, even I'm not gonna go there. But I mean like Hey, do you want them to attack the podcast? I've already I think I've already said enough, but I don't know. I want to put them over the edge. Talk of London. I can't believe they like the thing Steve Dangle said about them changing their Wi Fi thing to screw Leafs or whatever. I wouldn't even be surprised. That is the funniest thing I've ever heard. And I listen to Gordon Ramsay on the daily call someone a donkey, and it's just, <laughs> okay. <laughs> are, we, are we are we done? If you want to be done, yes. How well, deep of a dive did you want on these Dallas Stars? I mean, they're okay. Who are we gonna do next? If we're staying, do we do we just finish the central? Let's do it. Yes. Who's Nashville. Nashville, sure. Okay. What do we say? Good defense. Well, Everything else sucks except for Philip Forsberg. Shoot. Yeah. All it's right. a tough one. It's a tough one. We'll do a poll. <laughs> We're done. We're done. We don't need to do it. Anymore. We'll do a poll on Instagram. <laughs> okay. I'm down. Um, yeah. uh, okay. Yeah. Do it. Why not? Let's See if we it. get activity on it. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. What? So what? Between, what, what, between, Let me put pull the poll up, up between Nashville and who? Did we, miss, no, did we miss anyone in the central? I think we missed Chicago. Oh, yeah. We definitely did. I just I don't know who yeah. we missed. Okay, we did Colorado, Dallas, uh, St. Louis. Did we? We did Winnipeg. We did Vegas for some reason. <laughs> we did Vegas. The Pacific. Um, we need to do Nashville, Minnesota. No, no, we, we did Minnesota. Remember, did it we do it? Minnesota. It was our first one. I texted you guys. Remember, I was like. Just look at Minnesota's roster. It was the first sort of impromptu deep dive. Yeah. We, okay. So Nashville dive. and Chicago. 
Okay, yeah. Okay. So whoever loses the poll will be next, like the episode after that. Wait, okay. what? The next episode will be the winner of the poll, and the one after that. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense now. All right, Daniel, you can do the outro. All right. Well, guys, you know, we talked a lot of topics today. You know, I didn't realize Wait, how Daniel, long we went. Daniel, yes. before you finish, I thought I'd make it, uh, just put it out there. I know none of us watch golf, but it's hockey related. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky's son-in-law just won the Masters. I don't, yeah. I wasn't going to say. I wasn't <laughs> Mike Weir? Have some respect <laughs> for Dustin Johnson. Just call him Wayne Gretzky's son-in-law. He's a but, wicked golfer. Again, I don't watch golf, so the names, like, I know Tiger Woods. That's about it. I felt so I, out of and place. Listen, like, should I, we and, start watching this? And I don't know Tiger Woods because of how good he was at golf, I think. Just put that out. Put that out there. Do they still make because EA Sports? PG because uh, there's other things on the news. Because he cheated on his wife with a bunch of women. And Whoa. it was on the news, and I didn't watch golf. <laughs> you know, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Can I tell you something funny? Again, maybe. I don't know no if you comment. saw, but Sid Sixero no just said Wayne Gretzky's son-in-law just won the Masters. Where do you think I stole my thing? Oh, from? Okay, I, I thought know. it was like wow, absolutely what a coincidence. Not. Yeah. <laughs> I stole it from him. Thanks, Sid. Because if it's if I just read Dustin Johnson won the Masters, I wouldn't have brought this up. Brother of Jack. Well, guys, that's been fun. Um, Tune in next episode for our next deep dive on, you know, asterisk on what we will talk about because we're going to make a poll. Where you guys want to make it? Instagram, Twitter, wherever. Twitter. Be honest. Yeah. Okay. Um, Thank you again, Voice Ed. (laughs) Always giving us a platform. Everywhere. (laughs) Okay, but everywhere. And then count up all the polls. Okay. Thank you again, Voice Dad, for always giving us this platform. We are eternally grateful for you. Um, be sure to check out Adam's YouTube channel. Where When are we going to see the next video? Sometimes when the Canadians do something, or probably in a few weeks when I do like a line projection. Even though I've done it on the show, just make a video out of it. Mm. Soon. Right. Go cool. Yes. So, you know, aside from this, we're doing a lot of great projects here and there. Alex is perpetually a guest on many great shows as well. So be sure to check it out whenever he reposts it. Um, you know, we'll, we will continue to keep talking about hockey. We will find the angles that other places have not been looking at as we continue on in this off season. We will keep on going. Um, yeah. If you liked what you listened to, please give us, you know, a rating on Apple 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 Podcasts. Um, you know, if you didn't like it, you could tell us why. We will we will actually acknowledge your comment on the show. So, Only you know, nice. there's that. Yes, instant feedback right there. So you know that we're listening. Um, Unless you do your clear frame glasses, go check out the YouTube version. Yes, of course. You know, check out our reactions to everything we kind of said about on the YouTube channel. So, listeners, we love you. See ya. I respect them.